Alone, oh, hello and oh, I yep. messed that up. But anyway, yeah. Well, I was going to try to salvage it. Well, hello and welcome to episode 258, if this memo is to be believed. Because I don't know actually what episode we're on. But happy Badoofty to everybody. I am Angel, host of the Random Temple Podcast. To my virtual right, we have Kevin. Hey, yo. Um, yeah, that's where he is. And to my virtual left, because he's left-handed, um, is Jason. Is that true? Hi, and yes, I am left-handed. Since when? Yeah. Since <laughs> I was born? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's true. Me and Link and Miyamoto all have that one thing in common. And that's the only thing we have in common. Mm. Huh. I'm have to see this in person. Well. Well, funny enough, Kevin, you might be seeing me in person today, so you might have that oh! to have me right. Oh. No. So. It's still well, too soon. <laughs> well... well well, as mentioned earlier, we have quite the episode for everyone today. I mean, we have Bidoof Day, which I, for one, am still like, what the heck, Nintendo? Why Bidoof of all the Pokemon? I mean, Bidoof is um, fine enough. Because he's the best? But... No, your opinions don't matter when you're he's, about he's literally Big Doofus. Um, you cannot be the best when you are a Big Doofus. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Yeah, by definition. No, but, no, but I'm saying that, that because he's a Big Doofus, he cannot be the best. Oh, I thought you said you can be. No, 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 no. He, he can never. Well, then I retract my thank you and I replace it with a how dare you. I mean, I guess Nintendo sees them as just like their new, the more, like, it's weird to say modern day because he's like fourth gen, which is like over a decade old at this point. Jesus But he's Christ. basically like a newer Slowpoke. He's like Slowpoke uh, 2.0. No. They're both, yeah. I, they, they both give that same vibe. I mean, they're literally both like underwear doofusy Pokemon. But doof is the Dan. And they're both water types. Like Dan from Street Fighter, that's Badoof. Badoof is, is Pokemon <laughs> yeah. Stan. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Well, well, you're wrong about Badoof, but but um, which probably mentioned Angel, our apparent new host. Uh, we also have Mario Golf and Smash Bros. Well, I wasn't about. done yet, but yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's been kind of like yeah. Oh, we got obviously Kazuya just came out. Sec- <laughs> yeah, second to last Badoof. character, exciting stuff. More exciting that he already got revealed. More exciting that he's out of the way than his arrival, which I'll kind of get into. And yeah, then Jason mentioned we got Mario Golf, the game. You know, people were kind of waiting for. I don't know. Seems <laughs> <laughs> the game people were kind of waiting for has finally arrived to those people that were kind of waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, because I don't think anyone was like chomping at the bit for like, oh my god, I need a new Mario Golf because. I don't know the one on 3ds. I mean, I it seemed like some were, people were. I don't know, not everybody. I mean, it felt like it was just like, yeah, cool. Like, oh, all right, Mario Golf. I don't think it's not like the Mario Party reaction. I feel like the Mario Party reaction is stronger than the Mario Golf one, and not because Mario Golf was announced earlier, just like in general. But I don't know. I guess I mean we've had a Mario Golf like in every console. It's not like if we would have gotten like a Strikers or a. It's been Again. eight years. Let it go. Since we last had a Mario Golf, I, I think seven. I think yeah. seven. Oh, okay, two thousand fourteen. Yeah. I think. Damn, how long ago was it since we got Super Smash Bros? It's the Wii, so like two thousand nine, maybe. Oh my god! But we'll get into all that too eventually. Um, and all right, and I guess it's time for the, I guess the passing of the torch ceremony. So, I Angel Thalato of Sound Body and Mind give some <laughs> duties to Jason. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Jason. This Take this was uh, Angel's. Wow. It's such. It's such an. This honor. was Angel's first and last episode of hosting. Uh, it was an honor. Uh, <laughs> being your underling for it, for this episode. 
for any previous episode. You did a great job hosting. You did great. Um, I'm going to miss you, pal. Yeah, Jason kind of interrupted a little, kind of rude. Yeah, but what else? Actually, you know what? I take take yeah, it back. Yeah, take I it mean, back. come on. You know me. You, we've been doing this for how long? We've been doing this how long? Yeah, I have to take him back and give them to Kevin. Now he's double host. Oh, God. I can't. I can barely host one podcast. <laughs> you want me to host two? <laughs> all right, then I guess it does fall into Jason. Just because I don't want to do right, it. All right, let me rub my hands in <laughs> and we get all right here. Okay, there are timestamps at ramtown.com if you're curious about any of the topics he mentioned. All right, that's it. I'm done. Uh, no, actually, we never talked uh, about a title okay. for this episode. It's episode 258, <laughs> as you noted, and you were correct. Um, yeah, so it's Mario Golf, it's Pokemon, or not Pokemon. Yeah. There's no Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon, Badoof. It's Mario Golf, it's Badoof, it's Smash Bros. I feel like, I mean, well, we'll get into it in a bit, but I feel like Mario Golf, there's some. Things to be said. I feel like we have takes, good and bad, lots of takes. So I feel like we could call the episode. And you guys haven't heard this, so I hope this is received well. We could call the episode because we have hot takes. Um, spilling the tea, but that's T E E, like a T in golf. I, I like. Did it. I just lose hosting duties again? I like it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't even really sound like overly negative yeah. or overly. It's, it's almost like you just. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you have it, takes. Like it's, it's just it's just a regular pun. It isn't. Uh, you spoiled our takes now, I guess, but... Well, I guess. Well, anyway, before we even get into Mario Golf, uh, Angel, you mentioned Badoof Day, and then, Kevin, you had the gall to say Badoof isn't worthy of being Badoof or having whatever the best. he has. I'm, I'm um, not saying... I'm just saying I I don't think he's the best. Because he's a big doofus. He, do, he's well, cano- he, canonically, he, he, he literally cannot be the best. Fair, but he can get a holiday. Sure, and I mean he did. No one can deny that. Exactly, the, and yeah. and I mean first of all, Angel already said, but belated uh, Badoof Day tidings to one and all. <laughs> um, did you did you guys actually do anything with Badoof Day besides see it go by in front of you? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Let me get out my Badoof like decorations and well, I mean, did my, you buy anything? Did you partake in any of the in-game activities? There's a lot going on on Badoof Day. Pokemon Go was taken over. Pokemon Master ZX was taken over. You could watch po- Badoof episodes on the Pokemon Twitch channel. You could buy a poster from Mondo. You could do. A There's more than one episode where every answer, apparently. Jesus Christ! To. But you could do. Um, you could go do a Badoof quiz on Pokemon.com where every single answer was just Badoof, so you couldn't get that wrong. You could uh, buy merch on the Badoof web, uh, the Badoof website, the Pokemon website, which for all intents and purposes that day was the Badoof website. Uh. Did you do any of that? Did you guys do anything to celebrate the glorious big doofus that is Badoof? No. I yeah. just saw your tweet and that tweet from Wire64 where they showed a Badoof hat. Mm-hmm. And I was satisfied. I was well, like, yeah, that, that's all I need. Kevin, did you so, partake in Badoof? Yeah, I went to Town of... Hall where they were having the, the Badoof celebration. It was, uh, <laughs> it was lit. <laughs> Perishing Square was just nothing but... <laughs> <laughs> but people in Badoof hats <laughs> catching poke catching Badoofs and Pokemon go. No, I, I I didn't do anything. I I will say I'm very uh happy for you that your favorite Pokemon did get a holiday. Thank you. Yes, it was it was very I unlike you guys, uh, I did do Badoof free on that day. I you to the team it spending a hundred dollars. I badoofed it up and spent a hundred bucks on Badoof merch. I have a Badoof poster coming my way, I have a Badoof shirt coming my way. It was a glorious day. I just wish they made a Badoof bobblehead. He seems like the right Pokemon to have a bobblehead. And no bobblehead. They just had a plush. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, obviously I'm, like, being a little ridiculous about the Badoof stuff, right? Like, 
it's just a Pokemon. It's cool. He has his own day. But, like, to get real about something as dumb as Bidoof Day, uh, honestly, this is the type of thing I love when companies do. Like, ignoring that's Bidoof, just the idea that they're like, okay, you know what? We're going to do this day where we just, like, lean in on something. Like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a tribute to a beaver Pokemon who they call a plump mouse Pokemon, but come on, he's a beaver. Like, I don't know what... He, he, he builds dams in Pokemon Snap. He has teeth that look like a beaver. He associates himself with logs and twigs and all the Bidoof stuff. They claim he's not a beaver. He's a beaver. I will die on this hill. But my point is, regardless of if it's a beaver Pokemon, the plump mouse Pokemon, whatever it is, it's cool when they do something like this where the entire idea is just to reward fans versus trying to get fans. You know what I mean? Like, you know, obviously most companies, like, put out or do, like, Something where they try and shoot for both, right? Like, that's what fan service is, 100% the idea of fan service, where, you know, there's this cool thing they make, they want it to be accessible to newcomers, they also kind of have winks and nods to people with deeper knowledge or background in that thing, you know, a game, a movie, a universe, whatever the IP is, Um and it's always kind of that balancing act that companies pull off, you know, like, you look at Smash Bros, and every new fighter, as we'll get to later, uh, you, you, you know, you see how they make it kind of accessible, they make some winks and nods to fans, or like when you go look at like a Comic-Con activation or a Nintendo booth at E3 or something, it's always like, yeah, like the fans will appreciate this, but there's enough there to like that newcomer will be like, okay, I, I get this. But but sometimes, in Bidoof Day is one of these times, it's just fun to have something that feels like it's just a gift to the fans. However big or small that group of like us, the Bidoof fans are, like if you step back with Bidoof Day here for a sec... Like, who in their right mind is going to buy the shirt I bought that amounts to a pattern of Bidoof stampeding across the shirt? It's just endless Bidoofs on the shirt. Like, who is the person being targeted with, like, a nearly shot-for-shot Bidoofed remake of a Rickroll, except they replaced all the lyrics of Never Gonna Give You Up with Bidoof references, and they replaced Rick Ashley with a CG dancing Bidoof in the same sets. Like, the Pokemon Company put money into that. They licensed the music. They made the animation. They... You know, it's basically an in-joke for the audience that they already have hook, line, and sinker. But, you know, it's kind of cool to see that, hey, there's they're actually just kind of doing something for the fans exclusively. Like, I mean, sure, there's money to be made, too, because you boot up Pokemon Go for the first time a month. Maybe if there's Bidoof there, that's why I did. You tune into the Twitch channel, you buy the Mondo poster, what have you. But, like, as they rolled out each one of those things... In the Bidoofery, I was just, I just kept thinking back to this tweet from Serby, uh, .net's admin. Um, oh, what's his name? Merrick. Joe Merrick? Is that right? Hey, Joe, I know you follow him. Joe Merrick. Yeah. Like, I kept thinking back to that, and he pointed out, like, in the midst of all this Bidoofery, he pointed out that, uh, one, this is technically the second Bidoof celebration of the year, because they did in April as well, for April Fool's, so I'm just, like, on cloud nine. But two, he pointed out that, um, the amount of activity required from Pokemon Company and its partners to do what amounted to the same effort they did for the Pokemon Day, like 25th anniversary back in February, that took months to coordinate, months to pull off. And sure, they're making some money there, but like they're appealing to fans who they already got a bunch of money from. Like this is not no one that doesn't care about Badoof or about Pokemon is going to do anything. Like you guys are like, oh, it came and went, but like they put a lot of time and effort into this because they just wanted to reward people who are fans of this thing. They're, like, leaning in on the joke that the fans have. They didn't make Bidoof a big thing. The fans did, and then they kind of went with it. And that's just really fun. I don't know. Not to get too serious about Bidoof Day, but I just think it's cool that, like, every so often a company will do something just for the fans. It was sort of born out of the fans. It was kind of manifested by the fans, and then they just sort of, like, leaned into it. 
And I don't know if there's anything you guys are a fan of that have done that, where it's like clearly just something to like double down on the existing fans and not try to do something bigger, just kind of have fun with it. But it's 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 cool. Like it's it's a nice change of pace. Is there anything like does Ninja Tur- has Ninja Turtles and something like that where it's just like clearly this isn't like a mainstream play? They're just doing it to like appease to the people who already they have essentially, or anything you're into, Kevin. Just like I don't know, it's just that I could think of. I'm sure they have, but I can't think of anything. The closest thing I could think of is just like the Rhythm Heaven Gallery at IMA Bit or something. Right. But yeah, that's, that's, not really that's like a good a one. Whole internet day thing, but that's like definitely like. Only catering to the hardcore fans, like a casual fan, they're probably even going to hear that this is going on. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think something like that's a good example, or like, like, because even like at Comic Con, like they walk that line between, well, you're here, so we're promoting to you whether or not you know what we are, and they do it enough where there's enough little winks and nods that if you're a fan, you're like, oh, this is a cool recreation, but you know, a zip line through the Gotham skyline is cool if you like zip lines as much as it is if you like Gotham, but you're not going to go to an art gallery for Rhythm Heaven if you have no idea what Rhythm Heaven is. You're not going to buy Badoof stuff if you don't care about Badoof. Like I, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like with Nintendo in particular, they've really been ramping up with this lately. I, I suspect a big driver of it is because like experiences in general are becoming more elaborate. Like, you know, if you can watch a movie at home, you need four DX rocking seats in the theater. You need to have that cardboard cutout thing in the lobby that you go get your photo of or photo with at that moment so you can like share it. You know, pop up events need photo ops and hashtags. Like, there's this new um thing in Japan they're doing. For Pokemon, I forgot where it's at some Japanese amusement park, but it's called Pokemon Wonder. And basically, they have this like nature walk at this amusement park, or this kind of nature area they don't do much with, and they're turning it into a 90 minute experience where you do just walk down their pre existing paths of trees, but they've hidden little Pokemon to discover, like a little otter statue, a little Diglett, a little, you know, fossil in the sand of one of the Pokemon or something. And like, literally, it's just a nature trail. But by adding Pokemon, now they're kind of turning into these faux ops, and suddenly the walk is the experience. And, you know, it's like what they do at E3 where they could demo Luigi's Mansion. Not good enough. They got demo Luigi's Mansion inside a Luigi's Mansion. Like, everything has this kind of, like, built-in experience need. And I'm a total sucker for all this stuff. Like, I so badly want to do that Pokemon Wonder thing in Japan. But um, and it's there until April of next year, uh, 2022. So maybe, maybe I'll be out there for But, yeah, I don't know. It just... Yeah. Um, the walk is 90 minutes long? Hmm. Something like oh, that. Yeah, you get like a 90-minute slot. Oh, okay, yeah, that's never going to happen in America. Damn. No, no, they could do maybe 15, and then people would tap out, yeah. <laughs> they could do maybe five. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but um, but yeah, it's just like be this... like on one of those like moving tracks. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah no, like people move. <laughs> they have to, or get like segways or something. Yeah, but if those even still exist. But yeah, I don't know, it's like, Obviously, Badoof Day is a digital version of this, but just this thing of like doing stuff for fans that only really fans appreciate. It's just, it's, I don't know, it's kind of nice. Um, I, I do think a big driver of Nintendo's whole IP expansion, honestly, is this move towards experiences around IPs. Like again, Badoof is a very small example, but you know, this is something. This isn't this isn't that crazy of a concept. I mean, Disney does this with Disneyland since the fifties. Universal does it with their parks. You know, Woody Woodpecker showing up at Six Flags falls under this, but. It does kind of sum up everything Nintendo's now, like, doing. You know, Super Nintendo World, the Mario movie, stuff like Lego Mario, which actually now is a two-player mode, apparently. I saw it the other day. I guess they're releasing a new set um, where you could play simultaneously with Mario and Luigi. Anyway, all these different things and ways to engage with, like, an IP 
those those Nintendo are leaning in on is kind of the two-pronged thing, because you could go to the theme park and be into the theme park, and then buy the console. You could buy the console, be into the game, and then go to the theme park, and, like, you kind of, they're, they're points of entry. But I guess what's cool is, as like, these experiences broaden out as, as they need more experiences and they need more <laughs> to like sell to fans. That's, that's just going to mean more stupid stuff like Badoof Day. Cause the core fans at that point, they got a double dip on them. If, if they're all, you know, if they've had all the fans go to a Pokemon amusement park, let's say, what do you do next? And it's silly things like this, uh, which, you know, we didn't talk about at the time either, but one thing Nintendo's doing that's definitely fan oriented, kind of to your point about the gallery angel, they um, announced a couple months ago they're making a museum, a Nintendo museum in an old plant of theirs in Kyoto. It's uh, it was originally used uh, the plant to make Funda cards, and then it was their uh, customer service center for repairs. And then I think in 2015 or 16 they stopped using it. And this is a building that's been there since the 60s. And now, after some years of deciding what to do, they're going to make a they're calling it Nintendo Gallery, but kind of more of a museum. It's got their product history, exhibits, experiences, other cryptic words that Nintendo's not elaborating on like those. Um, but, like, this is what I mean, right? Like like with Badoof Day, if you don't care about Nintendo, you're not going to trek to the outskirts of Tokyo for this museum. Even if you only casually play Nintendo products, like, are you going to make the journey to, like, the suburbs of Kyoto? Maybe, maybe not, but if you're invested in it, if you're a fan, this is, like, instantly a must-visit spot. This is the Badoof Day of your, day of your you know, time in Tokyo or Kyoto. So... I don't know. I'm excited for that. Or would you guys? I imagine you guys would both want to go to the Nintendo Museum if given the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, yeah. really, Japan is becoming Nintendo land. <laughs> like, I don't mean as a slight against Japan, but like, you can go to this amazing country and just do Nintendo things exclusively. Like, this is exactly like the experiences. I'm like, oh my god, this is what I live for. Because you got the museum, you got the Pokemon stores, you got the Nintendo Tokyo store, you got the Pokemon cafes, you got the Kirby cafes, you have Super Nintendo World, you have Nintendo's old headquarters in Kyoto becoming a hotel you can stay in. You have, obviously, Nintendo's headquarters. You have um, so many things. They can just, you have the Tori Gates, which technically are their own thing in Kyoto that have way more history than Nintendo. But if you're a Nintendo fan, that's the Star Fox inspiration. So, like, there's all these things you can do there just like, hey, Nintendo. Like, all these things that could just make you go, like, oh, my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is so cool. And uh, in summary, to get off my soapbox, I could literally ramble about anything. In summary, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, was how I felt about Badoof Day. You have a chance, you know, as a fan to be rewarded for the fandom, and it was fun. And I can't believe I can literally turn anything into a talking point, but here we are. Imagine, Thank you for imagine <laughs> making a Pokemon, just like a random. How many Pokemon are there? Nine hundred something. Ah, uh, like seven fifty nine or so. Or no, yeah, it's like nine. Like nine hundred. Imagine making one of those your favorite Pokemon, and then they get an entire day that uh, literally one out of nine hundred chance that that could happen. That Nintendo will choose just, your favorite Pokemon to and dedicate an entire day. I'm to just it. amazed. And yeah, and it's funny because like to that point, it's like I'm going on this whole spiel about oh, like rewarding fans, but like it's Badoof. It's like a one in nine hundred chance, like you said. Like, what are the odds? But I guess the meme propelled it enough. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't ever expect yeah. Nintendo to make a scissor day, but I mean, more no. can dream. <laughs> yeah, right. But speaking of um, memes, though, so I, I need so. to clarify because someone asked me this. Someone asked me this in the midst of on Badoof Day Eve, which is a you know my Christmas That's Eve, a thing Badoof now. Day Jesus. Eve. Yeah, someone someone asked me, "What like, am I just riding the coattails essentially? Like, am oh, I part?" No, no. no, no and Angel, no. you can vouch for me on a recording. My Badoo fandom predates the memery of the internet, right? Oh, he's not gonna vouch for me, is he? 
Angel. Yeah. I'll vouch for you. Ooh, I almost, well, I was holding my breath. Oh, yeah, Bidoof. Bidoof was, um, we were blessed with Bidoof, like, <laughs> around high school time. I think we were, like, juniors when Diamond and Pearl came out. Maybe sophomores. I think with juniors. And, yeah, as far as I know, like, whenever I first started talking to Jason and Pokemon came up with a subject, um, Bidoof was definitely always there. So, mm-hmm, over a mm-hmm. decade ago, there are, I can vouch that he has shown his love for it. I don't think it was his favorite Pokemon at that point. I think it was a Tangula or something, but. Tangula was at one for point. Bidoof. Yeah. Yeah, but you could tell the Bidoof love, I guess, was already taking shape. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, dude, I just need to clarify that because I'm like one of those annoying, like, indie music fans who's like, no, I was into that band before it was cool. I guess I need to be that guy with Bidoof because it's the truth. Um, anyway, I don't know how we talked about Bidoof Day that long. I, I'm a weirdo. Let's talk about something we all are more invested in because we all, it's one of the few games we all actually bought on, on launch. All three of us, very rare. Um, it's, don't hurt yourself. It's Mario Golf Super Rush. It's a game I feel like that's kind of light on content, but there's a whole lot of conversation to be had. Um, I'm pretty sure we could spin off like three entirely different discussions out of this thing. Uh, but yeah, how, how are you guys feeling about Super Rush now that we have it, you know, it's upon us to the excitement of Corny Angel, approximately maybe five people. Um, uh, I mean, I wasn't super hyped about it when I got announced. I was just like, well, that's cool. I, I enjoyed the previous one, so I don't mind this one either. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm having fun with it. Um, it feels kind of bland. It, it feels like I'm, it feels mm-hmm. like the equivalent of drinking water. Sometimes you can enjoy <laughs> it. Um, it's, it, it was something, I guess, the, you could say, I would say the Switch needed. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, mechanics are sound, but I just wish there was more to it. Like the menu is, I mean, it's literally, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's made by the same people that did Mario Tennis, but I do get a lot of like initial Mario Tennis release vibes where it feels kind of bare bones mm-hmm. right now for a sports game, but I guess I'm just hoping that it will get fleshed out later. But I guess we will see. I mean, Kevin, are you kind of in that same boat? Where where you stand on it? Because you're you're probably the Mario Golf enthusiast among the three. Of us. Yeah, Total Tour is my favorite GameCube game. Uh, I played a lot of World Tour. That was the 3DS one, right? Yeah. And yeah. then Mario Golf was probably one of my first Game Boy Color games that I played. So I I love Mario Golf. I mm-hmm. am liking this game, and I'm upset that I don't love it. This game has mm-hmm. a lot of rough design choices that they did uh, compared to World Tour, which probably I would say is the best Mario Golf in terms of uh, content, in terms of uh, some of the game mechanics that they chose there. Yeah, it's it's a little... It is a kind of a heartbreaker because I was looking forward to this and it turned out to be a good game, but not the amazing game that I wanted it to be. And some sure. of my reservations about it when we were talking about it, when the like initial trailers showed, were basically confirmed. It seems like the game yeah. was built around uh, Rush Golf. What, what? Golf Rush? Speed Golf. Speed, Speed Golf. golf. And Which is confusing because Speed Golf was also a mode Battle in golf. the old ones, but it was a totally different thing. It was just you played 
quicker. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's, it, they've rebranded it, but yeah, it's, it's speed golf is the meat of it. Yeah. Sure. It seems like a lot of the game was built around that mode. And while that mode can be fun, which I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, mm. the fact that a lot of the courses are built around that is very, very disheartening. And I can only hope that the DLC, especially it gets a little bit more wackier, which I don't know how wacky you can get with New Donk City, but then that little snippet that they did show us did show like, uh, what was it, like little speed boosts that are in the, uh, the speed golf the mode. Battle. And so, Wait, the, oh yeah, there are no speed Yeah, golf, and yeah. so I'm, I'm now a little hesitant to, uh, to look forward to that. Yeah, I think, I think your point about the game being built around speed golf is interesting because I think part of what makes Super Rush rather unique, and it is kind of bare bones too, which we'll get to. Like I said, there's like three conversations that could come out of this game. But I think part of what makes Super Rush rather unique is that it's the first, I, I think it's like the first Mario sports game where Nintendo actually upended the core mechanics, right? Like we've seen Mario do everything from tennis to baseball to weirdly aggressive soccer. Um, but within those individual sports, like they didn't really like, changed the gameplay just kind of augmented it right so like you know the sequel in tennis like now you have special moves attached or like in soccer which is very aggressive now you're electrocuting people for some reason and but it was still like the same game was there right but here it kind of feels like nintendo camelot decided to like almost rewrite the whole playbook around speed uh speed golf like you're saying kevin like it really does feel like i don't know like it i think there's pros and cons that come into come into it when you look at that speed golf was kind of the the core of it but i i it's really hard to look at the game kind of on its own when you have the history of the other Mario Golfs because those were so s- solid in what they did and had that that approach for so long that this does kind of shake it up. Like for me, what I found with B Golf is that it's it's not to use a dumb pun, but it's uh, super rushed. Ha ha ha! Because that's the name of the game. Anyway, so what I took away, <laughs> what I'm getting at though, is like. I think with Mario Golf before, that's, you know, 100% an arcade take on golf. It always has been, but it was one that was rooted in kind of real golf, like where you specifically hit the ball would matter in something like World Tour on the 3DS. We could literally, like, pinpoint where you would hit the ball on the touchscreen or where you actually aim the ball matters. Like, if you choose to try and cut across a course or go along the fair, the, the fairway or whatever. And all that's still kind of here, I feel like. But with Speed Golf, um, which, to your point, Ken, yeah, it's one of only... Um, three modes but it is definitely the main focus of the game 100 percent. but so with uh speed golf the thing i noticed is those traits of past mario games seem to not be as true here like i like like actually to, to your point we, we kind of i think we both felt this way when we first saw the footage but like when i um when we saw the footage and we were talking about it in that past episode i was saying this isn't golf through a mario lens it looks like it's mario through a golf lens and what i meant and still mean by that is a lot of it has been sort of streamlined and left up to the usual Mario multiplayer game chaos, if you will. Like, yeah, you can still put spin on the ball, but now you tap the stick in the direction as you fill the shot meter. So, you know, you hold the direction for longer, it curves more. Uh, with what seems to be maybe three different levels, I think that's kind of... You could do three tiers of curve, yeah, kind of. Yeah, three tiers. But, um, yeah, and, and then, like, Maybe, maybe in reality that's how past Mario Golfs work too. But, you know, no, like I look uh, at World so, Tour and so, they... Yeah, World well, Tour. Well, hold on, hold on. I meant like, um, sorry, I just going to say, I mean, it worked differently, but maybe it was masking uh, ultimately three different levels of curvitude. I don't know. But yeah, World Tour, they had you like actually be able to control the curve. And this is just kind of like you sort of just give it a 
strength so, basically so, and then it yeah, curves so, out curves right well the thing that they did in world tour was and i had a i had to make sure but each character each character had their own either curve to it or the ball just went straight uh oh right right and so yeah you could curve on top of that so so like mario was you know the the usual default uh, standard character whenever you uh whenever you shot it just went straight it just went straight, as opposed to like Donkey yeah. Kong's. His would just naturally curve to the left, and you would, and you knew that because not only did the game tell you, but the bar would also curve. And in mm-hmm. this game, everybody just shoots straight. That's it. Yeah, um, and if you want curve, you have just kind of like you can just move the stick in a direction. Which, let me tell you, is nearly impossible to play if you're Joy-Con drift. This game is. Like, obviously, Joy-Con Drift is not a good thing, but, like, there's some games you can get by. This one, Wait, like... You... your name is Jason, right? Yeah. Just making sure, because you're starting to sound like a John. What? <laughs> yeah, you lost me there, too. What? With Joy-Con Drift? Remember throwing out Johns? Even Reggie made a joke about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I just no meant I just meant more like this is finally going to get me to fix my Joy-Con, because, like, it is nearly impossible to play, which isn't Nintendo's fault, but... It's nearly impossible Isn't it? to play. Okay, yeah, I guess on some level it is. But <laughs> um, actually, to that point, Angel, didn't you just repair wait, your wait, Switch? Wait. How quickly do they um, turn I, around? I, I, I was going to say before, just in case anyone else happened to be lost, John's is just a a term typically used in the Smash Bros. community for anyone that just throws out excuses when they're losing. Yeah. Or for excuses oh, gotcha, for losing. Yeah, so they just say no Johns. And there was, I don't remember what direct it was, but Reggie at one point says like, and please, no Johns, or something like that. Right, right. Mr. Jason, what can tell you? I don't remember the do exact you know? direct. No, I do not remember. Really? No. I don't know, uh, I don't know the script of every direct by heart, believe it or not. I mean, but I thought you would know like some quotes, like, do you know when he says like, what's wrong with you? Um, yeah, he was talking about, I think, trying Tetris 99 in the first direct after Tetris 99. Nope, that's a lie. That was me using the gif of him saying that. I don't remember when he initially said it. <laughs> um, I can tell you uh, my body is ready is from E3 2008 when they were demoing Wii Fit. I'm was big... that for like his first E3? No, his first E3 was 2004 where he was kicking oh, ass and taking the... names yeah, and yeah, being yeah. about making games. Yeah. Was that the one where they yes, showed three games? Right. It was like Sean White snowboarding. <laughs> So that was 2008, yeah, yeah, and they had Cammy Dunaway, their then marketing person, like on stage with Sean White, and it was super awkward. Yep, yep. That Good time. that was probably one of the worst conferences uh, yeah, up until that that Coach Media one that happened a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, Nintendo 2008 was like peak. We is blowing up with the casual, so they leaned a little too hard on that. It was Sean White, some other game, and I believe We Music. Oh, wait, yeah, no, that's 2009 then, cause, uh, or 10. It was 2010, right, cause I was thinking the Wii Fit one, which was 2008 or 9. Yeah, it was 2010, I think. Nope, that's not true, cause that's Donkey Kong. Uh, 2009, maybe? Around there. It's it was in the midst of, of the Wii era, and it was, it was not great, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I'm not, I wasn't really saying like, oh, don't mind me if I lose at Mario Golf. It was more like, there's some games you could get by with Joy-Con Drift, this is not one of them. Don't even try. Especially in handheld mode. That was, oof, yeah. But, Angel, how quickly did your Switch turn around when you sent it to Nintendo? Because I'm seriously considering it now. Yeah, so my Switch was overheating. The fans just weren't working anymore. So I sent it to Nintendo on a Tuesday. 
and I got it back on Friday. Of the same week? Of the same week. They huh. said it was going to take two to th- They said three to four weeks, and I was more like two to three days. So That's Yeah, that wild. was pretty amazing. And and I've definitely put the Switch through the ringer already, and it yeah, it definitely works just like new. It's, in fact, it's even better. Like It's just incredibly quiet now. But, yeah, so that's pretty awesome. That's yeah. I, I mean, it does help that we have a repair center. I think just north of LA, but still, that's yeah. I mean, that probably explains the that, that definitely explains a quick turnaround. But but even then, when I sent yeah. my Wii U in like the mid twenty teens, I guess um, it still took like over a week. Four days is nuts. Damn. Well, I mean, it is the Wii U. They probably never expected anyone to ever send it in. <laughs> they have and one guy repairing them, and then when three come in, you're just like, oh, like, I don't oh, know. No, I should have to look at the, <laughs> yeah, they actually have to look at the manual to yep. see, like, what to actually do with it. Yeah, but, um, anyway, yeah, so I guess back to the mechanics thing. Yeah, the, the shot, or the, the spin's different, but also even the shot meter changed. Like, if I'm not mistaken, didn't it used to be three button presses? Like, first was distance, second was power, and then third was accuracy? Or something like that, right? I don't Tomorrow remember. I think it used to be three button presses because now what they – well, now, what is now, whether or not it was that, is you now um, – like the, what was the accuracy is now you just fill up the meter as high as you want. Uh, you can fill the meter all the way for max power, but depending on your club, there's like these danger zones kind of like these little wings at the top of the meter that are these red triangles, and those will change in height. And if you – depend on club and other factors, I guess. And if you uh, choose to do max power, you're in that little like danger zone. And if you're in that danger zone, maybe your accuracy goes down. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. It's kind of like a little like game of chance in there. The game kind of decides it for you, which just feels, again, like they're sort of removing some of the golf from Mario Golf and putting a bit more of the Mario into Mario Golf, like that kind of like game of chance thing. And on some level – I don't know. Like, I mean I, I felt like it added more strategy because depending on the type of golf club that you pick, you can pick some. Like this is like literally what I did when um, – could I – I guess I don't know how long we've had this game, but I can't believe like I already managed to score a hole in one. And when I got that hole in one, like the first club that I had, if I were to hit it max range, you know, into that danger zone, um, I found like, all right, it might take me just long enough, and I'd maybe with like a super top spin, I'd make it in. But then I ended up just like changing to a different club that would overshoot the hole by a whole lot, but would get me completely out of the danger zone just so I could have full control of it and. But that's kind of yeah, – I feel like that. that's kind of almost to my point. Like it was a golf game with Mario elements. Now they're like, oh, don't use golf clubs how you use them in real life. Use a golf club that's way too powerful but scale it back and now you can avoid your accuracy issue, which isn't really how golf works or any interpretation of golf normally. So it's not it's not necessarily like worse. I mean it does also make each turn faster and you're in a mode where you're running around as quickly as you can and every time – you know, all the time matters because you only have so much time – in some variations of speed golf because it's time-based. So, you know, it works. It's just, it's a different mechanic than the three-button system, if I'm remembering correctly how that three-button system worked. And I, I think um, even just the way you kind of, the path you forge to get to the hole, like with the layout of the coins and the hearts and, you know, you collect them as you run to the ball, like that now influences how you play too, which makes sense because that's kind of the meat of speed golf. But, um it, it, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. It's like, grant, I should start by saying, like, granted, all the items are on the fairway. It's not like they're going to put a heart out in, like, a bunker. And you're like, oh, well, I guess I need to go in the bunker and hurt my score. But it is kind of the, encourage, the opposite because they're kind of encouraging you to 
now only play on the fairway in some way. Like, you can try and shoot over the water. You can try and go on the rough. You can try and, like, cut corners if you want. But there's no hearts for you if you do that. And the stamina meter, it needs to be filled by hearts. And you need to dash or else you're kind of falling behind. And it kind of, you know, it depletes rather fast, even on characters that are, like, preset if you play, like, outside story mode. So there's this kind of, in theory, risk-reward idea now of staring on the fairway versus being more adventurous but i feel like the game now has put its its hand heavily on the scale of wanting you stay on the fairway when before it was kind of up to you because the you know you you want the hearts you need the hearts you want the coins like those are basically not an option if you're going to try to forge your own path and it's i don't know it's like the the variety is not coming from where you send the ball anymore it's coming from how you race to the ball or how you race to the hole like, when do you use your special? When do other players use their special? Who's going to affect your ball when it's on the green with their special move? Like, all these things are not golf. They're Mario. And that's fine. It's just different. And that and that's the only thing that's kind of jumped out at me. Like, the whole thing just feels, feels very streamlined compared to other Mario golfs. But in a way that's, like, almost more like mini golf, if that makes sense. Like, you kind of just swing and you go see what happens. And maybe there's some wind factoring. But really, there's, like, these bizarre obstacles that aren't golf. But they're going to be in your way, just like it would be in... uh Mini golf, and it it does create. To be fair, it is a more like chaotic Mario we spin on golf that can be very fun in its own right. It's just different, and it's the first time, in my opinion, that Mario golf's really been different. And those format changes, like the swing meter, like the you know choosing where to go, all that, um, because they're so core to the game. To Kevin, to your point, they now spill over across the game. So if you, even if you do standard golf, you have the newer swing meter. You have you know, some of the other factors. The, the courses are designed for speed golf, to, like you were saying. Like, it, it's definitely, if you're a veteran Mario golfer, it just feels, at least to me, like it was some big changes. So, I, I don't know, like, have you found, do you find yourself gravitating towards speed golf just because the game's designed for that? Or, like, Kevin, because you're more of a traditionalist, are you playing standard golf? And, like, where 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 are you guys going in the game when you boot it up these, at this point? Uh, I just go into standard. I haven't touched any of the modes outside of that one session that we just did this past Wednesday and mm-hmm. multiplayer. And even when I play multiplayer, I usually play with rules. It's just, it's just standard golf. It's just a standard 18, no special shots. That's, that's how I play. It's just very traditional. So all the issues that you're having are not necessarily that you're having with the game. I don't, uh, those aren't my necessarily, those aren't necessarily my issues with the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the, the more standardized, you know, just two button taps, I'm, I'm fine with that. Especially because mm-hmm. like you said, it does get, the, the rounds are much quicker that way. Yeah. I have little design choices that I wish they just brought forward from World Tour. The one thing that pisses me off about this game that world tour did right is the rangefinder. It's so mm. god awful. In world tour, you were able to see the terrain of where your ball would land if you hit a perfect ball, if you hit a perfect swing. Here, you can't do that. You have to go into some rangefinder, and then you're not really sure that's where your ball is going to land. And then once you do the overhead view, you don't have uh, like a free range camera to see exactly. It's so god awful. That's absolutely I, one thing that they that they completely missed the mark on with this game. I do wonder how much of that is due to the speed golf mechanic changes. Because like technically, 
you can't be guaranteed to land where you think you're going to land anymore because, you know, they have the thing with the, like, danger zones on your meter. They have the obstacles of other players. Like, I wonder if they, I wonder if that was intentional because, like, oh, we actually, there's, like, elements of chance now. No, there, you can absolutely still have that because, okay, because you could, you could still mess up your swing in World Tour and you're not guaranteed to exactly be true, true. Like, very true. It's, it's, uh, I hate it so much. It, that part has actually ruined the game a little bit for me. And it's just like this minor nitpick that they perfected that they just completely ruined. And to your point, if it's because of speed, speed golf, well, that's another fact. That's, that's crap. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, like I said, on top of that, there's, the courses have absolutely no personality to them. I unlocked mm-hmm. all six of them, which there's only six courses. Um, and the only one that really has personality there's is nothing. Which I don't know. I'm not going to spoil it for the podcast, but I think I might have showed them off to you guys. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. yeah so the last, the last one looks pretty good. Which, which, if I'm not mistaken, have all been shown in official trailers. Oh, yeah. One way or oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Last yeah. One, There's no surprises. Right, so there you go. Uh, I, I mean, I still won't yeah, say even it. the last I still one won't say yeah. it, but that's the only one that kind of has personality. And even then, it's like, oh, it's it's more like a palette palette swap, which is weird. Saying that because like it was a it was a normal course, but Peach Gardens in World Tour, it's a standard golf map, but it's it's like bright pink. It has some like life to it, you know. This game, and yeah. I, I feel like I've been using this word a lot to describe a lot of Nintendo's games during the Switch era, but I'm gonna use it again. This game feels sterile compared to the previous Mario Golf's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I, I don't think... know what it is about, about this generation. Like, I've, I've felt the same way about Breath of the Wild, that, that open world is sterile to me. When we're talking about, uh, Super Mario Party, that game's presentation is completely sterile, and now you got another one. Mario, uh, Tennis got away with it, because that game is absurdly wacky for obvious reasons. You know, you got your power-ups and, and stuff like that, your, your boss battles, your, your different challenges and such. So I don't know why I keep feeling about these uh, Switch games. Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, the one place where it isn't sterile and the one place where it really feels... Like, actually, to be fair, Golf Adventure, they do have, like, little boss battles and challenges, but not quite what I've seen yet, not to the extent of tennis. But um, the one place where I, I feel like it's the, golf, the least... The Adventure mode isn't even that great. It's it's something. It's, like, it, it's nice for them to have dabbled back in like the RPG, you know, everyone's been kind of wanting that from the series for a while now, and it does kind of a good job of creating various scenarios to teach you like the ins and outs of golf. And there's some interesting clubs they add, and like stuff you can do that actually changes how you play. But then they like pick up an idea and drop it after one time. It's just like, well, you got to elaborate on that, you got to build on that. And like, nah, you tried it onto like more generic golf, and it's like, oh, okay. And like the dialogue is very, it's very superficial. I mean, it's a golf RPG. How serious can it be? But like, you know, you go talk to some people around the golf club or whatever and like they all say basically the same thing four different ways it's just like at least like create some personality here or something to your point about st- it being sterile um weirdly it's the prettiest of the modes like they do stuff like after you complete a tournament and you're walking back to like your golf club house whatever um it's like the sun setting and the lighting's really nice and it's like bouncing off like a lake nearby and it looks really pretty but it's just like why why did this mode get the nicest attention the courses look kind of bland because you're right they they do um, but I do think where it's the least sterile to what you were saying is, um, also the mode that I think probably has the best, uh, if you, 
Battle Golf. What I'm getting at is Battle Golf. I, my theory is that the entire concept of this game stemmed from Battle Golf. And then they tried to make it work for the rest of the game. Because this mode, Battle Golf, in my opinion, is where like everything just clicks. It, the, the shoot and dash mechanic matters because it's a race to any of the nine holes on the course. Uh, hearts and coins are scattered every which way to help you kind of maintain your necessary stamina no matter how you choose to play the course. Uh, the special character abilities are paired with not just environmental hazards, but also the ability to launch items at opponents, kind of Mario Kart style. There's like bombs and bananas. Uh, it's fast, it's frenzied. It just feels like this. If they just put all speed golf stuff in there and kind of had that be its own mode and have normal Mario golf, they would have complemented each other really well. But it seems like they're kind of like, all right, well, we built all these mechanics. Let's see what we can transfer to regular golf. And that's when like the holes start to appear. Especially considering that the two, the two, uh, courses for battle golf are their own like thing. Yeah. So why, so why even adapt some, yeah. So why even adapt some of those rules for, for like the standard golf? It's such, it's such questionable design. It's yeah, it it makes no sense. And like, I, I may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did speed golf first and they're like, well, what if we do like a battle mode equivalent? I know a few episodes ago we we're talking about how Mario Golf is basically becoming like the Mario Kart of golf. So they have standard racing where you go to the same goal at the end, which is the hole, or you have battle mode where you do this weird arena thing. But like, I don't know, just everything makes so much sense in battle golf. And I have so many questions in regular golf <laughs> that it's just like something somewhere clicked or didn't click. So yeah, I don't know. I think, I think battle golf has the most personality, even though yes, the menus are still very sterile. Nintendo's obsessed with this font in all their games now that is essentially I don't know if you remember in the Wii era like every Wii sport Wii music Wii play Wii uh, fit they all had that same sort of font in the games it's kind of like a bank gothic looking like squared off font whatever this font is they use it in tennis they use it in golf they use it in party they use it in everything it's like a slightly HD modern version of that font but it's so boring it's like the GameCube font like just that, that square font it just it's everywhere in Nintendo games. But yeah, it doesn't, it takes away all the personality. It's very legible. And that's good, especially, you know, to be able to help folks who maybe have some, uh, eyesight trouble or can't see things as clearly. It is very contrasty and, le- and legible and not like, you know, whimsical Mario 1998 font or anything. But nonetheless, it's very generic. I wonder if <laughs> so it's just a sign of saying. the times because every, every company has like just completely generified. Is that a word? Yeah. It is now. their logos. <laughs> it's definitely not. Yeah, I, pr- I don't think gentrifies the word that like It's definitely not, but. No, it's not. Like ge- every, <laughs> they gentrified like, the logos. Yeah. Yeah. No, like sure. GoDaddy's, yeah. uh, their logo is like a simple, simple logo. You got eBay that, that had its different, uh, different, uh, sized letters is now just mm-hmm. the same font. Google, obviously that one used to be, well, it used to be like Times New Roman-ish. Now it's yeah, just it had Kerning exactly or not Kerning, uh, serifs. Yeah, yeah. Now it just looks like everything else. It's probably part of that because there's definitely been a push towards legibility and cleanliness of of like design and fonts. But it does make it does take away personality from something as whimsical as a Mario game. Even as I'm saying, I wish this Mario game was less whimsical and more like golf. I'll admit that the the, the whimsy came from the menus. It came from the level design. It came from that less than the gameplay. So that's kind of a weird flip, almost. Or not weird. That's not the right word. It's not weird because that implies it's bad. It's just a flip. Things flipped. For better or worse, they flipped. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, the, 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 like the standard golf is solid as usual, at least in my opinion, and I have loads of fun with it. I just wish it had more personality. 
Yeah, I think I think personality is one of its weaknesses. I think the biggest weakness, which we kind of touched on, is there's just not enough of it. Like, you know, we talked about how there's six courses, right? I I uh, plus the battle golf arena, so seven, I guess, and they all have kind of varying rule sets. So I actually went back and looked. Uh, I looked at all the other Mario Golfs. World Tour, when it launched on 3DS, had 10 courses initially. Toadstool Tour on the GameCube and Adventure Tour on the GBA had 7 initially, or total, they didn't have DLC. The original Mario Golf back on the N64 had 8. So, like, the sheer number of courses isn't horrible. It just feels like, like, like honestly, like, Super Rush is kind of matching the earlier Mario Golfs. Like, it's just... I, I feel like it's not just the courses, it's the lack of options and modes within them. Which is weird to say, because we were Do just... Do you think the subtitle is reflective of the Potentially, potentially. And I admit, it's weird to say, like, oh, they didn't do enough modes, because, like, they did the RPG that everyone wanted. It's right there. Uh, but just is, in from terms what of, like, I am reading, it is not the RPG that everybody wanted. True, it's it's definitely a liar. But, like, they they tried to check the box. They put the effort in to make, like, an 8- to 10-hour-long single-player campaign. They tried to check the box. So you could be like, okay, well, they did what you want. What more do you need? But if you think about raw gameplay options... So Super Rush has Golf Adventure, which is the RPG, Speed Golf, and Battle Golf. What it does not have, and again, I went and looked through all the modes of the old ones, it does not have equivalents to Ring Shot, Near Pin, Coin Shoot, Mini Games, Challenges, Skin Matches. All in various forms have existed since the first Mario Golf. And what's even weirder is it's entirely missing tournaments. The tournament feature was a huge part of World Tour, both online and off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I find to be particularly perplexing is what is that Nintendo's been trying to build a scene around online multiplayer on Switch, right? Like not you know beyond Smash. Like they have uh, the Nintendo Versus account to host Mario Kart 8 competitions. Mario Tennis Aces has a built-in tournament mode. Even right now, this month, Nintendo's hosting hosting a uh, multi-week. Splatoon tournament through Battlefield that's actually pretty cool, like in the next four Saturdays, so uh, July 10th, 17th, 24th, 31st, I think I got those right. Um, each of the four modes of Splatoon will get its own tournament. So for the 10th, it's Rainmaker, then it's Flat Zone, Tire Control, Turf War, etc. And at the end of it, like the top four teams from each weekend are going to receive actual, like, legit prizes for the first time. They're giving them all gaming chairs, trophies, jackets, gaming headsets, my Nintendo points. It's probably their biggest online-only tournament thing Nintendo's done for the general public, which is cool. And yet, as they do all this, they take it away from a game that's ripe for similar attention. It just doesn't make sense, especially in a series where tournaments have a legacy. Do you remember, Kevin, since you were a Toadstool Tour guy, do you remember the Target partnership they did with Toadstool Tour? The Target partnership? No. I've so <laughs> not at all. they did – okay, well, it was actually really for its time kind of cool. So like back before Nintendo did online play, they had this this campaign with Target where you go to Target, you buy the game, you get a special code for an in-game tournament through its existing tournament mode that existed in every game in the series since 2003, Camelot, the tournament mode. Anyway, uh, you get these codes, you do the courses, you submit your score with I believe – I think it was photo evidence uh, – on the Mario Golf Target like website, and then Nintendo actually built leaderboards, sent out swag to people both who participate and who are top players. Like I have a really cool set of Mario Golf uh, sweatbands from then somewhere in my house that uh, I got just for participating, and it was like a whole thing. Like they did a, they basically made a fake online tournament offline, and if they could do that in 2003, I don't know why they can't have tournaments built in after doing it already. In 2021. It takes so much work now. I guess. It's what Nintendo thinks. Yeah, no, it doesn't, though. And, like, to be fair, we talked about how they're doing new content, right? Like, New Donk Say is coming up. We already talked about that. Maybe there's modes to come with it. Maybe tournaments will come back. Nintendo has said. 
but I don't know. It's just like the infrastructure exists on the 3DS version. It existed without the online connection on, in Toadstool Tour. Like, at the very least, I hope they add some courses that personality. Like, I would be cool with them upresing the 3DS World Tour courses. Like, they, you know what would actually be really cool? They should do what they do with Mario Kart, where they bring back old courses from old Mario Golfs and they just label them. Like, oh, it's GameCube, Pe- uh, yeah, GameCube Peach's Castle, or it's GBA Toad, whatever, or, you know, that sort of thing. Like, that would be a really easy way to just give us more content that has personality. Never mind the modes, let's say. Let's just talk about the content. And then, you know, just push it out for free. Like, why not? Like, they do, when they do this stuff, tend to deliver when they do the later updates. You know, like, someone buying ARMS today has a much meatier experience than day one. Even stuff like Mario Kart Home, uh, Home Circuit, you know, Mario Kart Live, they just the other day randomly added a new cup to it, four new tracks, and a new Yoshi cart. And it's like, you know, when they put effort into it when they play catch-up. It's just it'd be nice if they didn't play catch-up and just had day one, you know? Yeah, well... Maybe COVID has something to do with it. Pro- but, yeah, to be yeah. fair, it may. But it, it's just like it's like this weird new norm for Nintendo, where and I think we we're all hoping it wouldn't become one, but it's becoming more of a pattern. Where like they're not stripping out, they're both stripping out past options, uh, but they do eventually bring them back. You know, either as DLC or like new Super Marbo style, like reboots of a franchise. But then they also just launch with a lack of things. Like if they didn't have tournaments, fine. But to take out the other stuff, to not have that many courses, take out personality, to take out all this, like it's just it's it's weird. It might be COVID, but it's weird. I guess that does bring us to the final topic of Mario Golf. I told you there's a lot of discussions that could happen here. Um, so, you know, we talked about how this game is relatively different from Mario, Mario Golf. So never mind the lack of content and if COVID is to blame. Just, it's a different take on Mario. And this is something I think we touched on when the game was first shown. But if Nintendo's seemingly moving away from Mario skin golf experiences to a golf skin Mario experience, what happens if they decide to revive other Mario sports? Like, Striker's already there, Mario Strikers, but, like, stuff like Mario Baseball, you know, that's not so much there. Even Mario Tennis is more like traditional tennis. Like, do you do you think this could be kind of the end of the line for those experiences, or do you think maybe they'll... Where would you want them to go? Because I know you were saying particularly, Angel, about baseball earlier. I don't know. I mean, baseball's is more in line with this than Whimsical Mario. Because baseball, at least like the way like um, my friend Nigel and I like played it, was pretty standard. Like the only Mario thing about it was just the fact that you can tackle the ball to a nearby player so that they can catch it and do a super throw or jump off of another person to do a super jump to catch a potential home run. Other than that, it's pretty much identical. Like, it follows the rules of baseball to a T down like to like all the little technical technicalities on fouls right, and stuff so like do you, that. Do you think, but do you think if this is where they're going, that's no longer going to follow it to a T mm, and are you willing to accept that fate? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I would rather them just port super sluggers and then do whatever they want to the next version. Yeah, I honestly, I kind of feel like they should do a litmus test. Because, like, the, the parallel I keep coming back to in my head is what happened with Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi, where literally, you know, initially they had these two kind of separate takes on what Mario RPG should be. Both were still RPGs at that point. But then over time, I think Nintendo decided, like, no, this is not what we want the franchise to be. And whether you as a fan were along for the ride or not, the change came. And sales-wise, Nintendo was proven right making that change. Like, Paper Mario on Switch is the bestseller in the series series. Uh, Paper Mario on 3DS is the second best in the series. Neither are quote-unquote true Paper Mario experiences. So, you know, I wonder, looking at Mario Sports, if Nintendo's going to try and sort of cookie-cutter them in the style of 
what they're doing now with golf because you know Mario Tennis Aces and Mario Striker Supercharge those sold like 2.53 million Mario Golf World Tour was low enough that Nintendo actually never put out a number for it so like clearly the like more loose and arcadey are the ones that seem to sort of resonate with audiences but to your point yeah I think if they did a litmus test that like honestly just take Super Mario Sluggers from the Wii and like you said just bring it Bring it to the Switch. I mean, Nintendo's clearly happy doing that. We have Skyward Story HD coming out in like a week. So why not? Like, it's something Nintendo's shown not just with Skyward Story, but like Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp from E3 last episode. You know, they are willing to try again with franchises from back in the day and see if they can make them big again by just doing like kind of a bare minimum re-release. Even, and that's no knock at a way forward. Obviously, they're putting effort by me. Like, it's the same scenarios. It's the same you know, game is just modernized or revamped or whatever you want to call it. Even like Fanacon Detective Club, the game's producer has now gone on record that the hope is the know-how his team learned when porting over those games will lead to a new game. So Nintendo's clearly fine with possibly doing it. So yeah, just bring a Super Slugger, see what happens. I mean, Nintendo just actually invested uh, a supposed, and I quote, significant amount of money into a company who cut their teeth on remakes and remasters. Uh, Forever Entertainment, they're best known as the team behind the Panzer Dragoon remake on Switch, and they're now receiving funding from Nintendo for several more Switch projects. So, like, just toss them our sports their way. Have them, you know, see how it fares. Give them sluggers. Give them chargers. Or, yeah, uh, or not chargers, strikers. Where do I get chargers? Like, see, you know, if the audience is there, and then use that as kind of, kind of the proof if this is the right direction. I mean, obviously, I'm being overly simplistic, it's not that simple just be like, here's a port, do it. But it, I'm going to pretend I'm saying it seriously because like these port tests do work. I mean, Sega did it with Super Monkey Ball. We first got Banana Blitz HD. Now they're getting us some more evolved Banana Mania. Square Enix did it with The World Ends With You. Now we're getting the sequel, Neo The World Ends With You, which is out like in a couple weeks' time. And actually, Square Enix just did it a second time by announcing that Trial of Mana was such a successful port that now they're doing a whole new Mana game for consoles. So... um yeah, it just seems like even stuff that recently leaked, now that I think about it, like Castlevania might be coming back. Um, some rating, the Australian and Korean rating boards, I think, leaked that they're making a Castlevania Advance collection for Switch. And I'm sure if that sells well, you know, the three GBA games on one cartridge, I'm sure if that sells well, we're going to get a new Castlevania. So just do it, Nintendo. Just give us the same games, see if the market agrees or not, and then maybe that will determine if our sports games, you know, go the route of Mario first or stay sport first. Will they do it? Probably not, but I can dream. You anyway, sure that was Mario Golf. Unless you guys said anything else. Mm, no, that's pretty much it. I mean, is it a good game? Yeah, I would say it's a good game, but will it live up to expectations of people that have been following that franchise forever? Probably not. But, I mean, if you're jumping no. into this one, then yeah. Yeah, you're fine. Oh, yeah, if this is your first one, yeah. You're going to go for any of these sports games. I mean, got to keep in mind, yeah. like, doesn't feel like that long sometimes, but yeah, we really have been following games for a long time. I mean, we've pretty much been following old. Nintendo since it's like inception, for lack of a better term. And I guess like, I guess to what it became today. Modern Nintendo. So, yeah. Yeah, modern yeah. Nintendo. So, yeah, we, we're the ones that will most likely be disappointed more so than anyone under the age of 10. Or even, I would yeah, even say baggage. 16 or 18 for that matter. But, and to that point, like, we were talking about Golf Adventure being kind of ho-hum. Like, it's probably great for kids. Like, the writing and everything, like, it seems perfect for kids. But, you know, 
the historical baggage of we've played better versions of these things for kids. Like, yeah. It, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to see a kid on the bus playing golf adventure, having a great time and being like, <laughs> please, you know. <laughs> yeah, you just exactly. slap the switch out of his Here, hands. Kid, let me give you this. <laughs> you don't understand. There's better things you could have played. He's just befuddled, <laughs> trying to touch the screen. <laughs> you bring out you a CRT TV out with a GameCube yeah, attached. This, like, is, this is the right one you here. need to play. <laughs> but yeah, and that's the thing is like we are looking at it from the perspective of kind of long time fans with long time with built up expectations over the years. So when they do shake things up. We can't help but contrast it, which is what I say about the mechanics. Like it, it's hard not to because we have that point of reference. But anyway, that was Mario Golf. Uh, separate from that, and also kind of lingering from E3 in the same way Mario Golf was, uh, is the newest Smash Bros. Fighter edition, who um, is already out. As Angel said, it's top of the show. Uh, so we had a direct where they showed a. Uh, is it how you pronounce it? Is it Kazuya or Kazuya? Yeah. Okay. Because they never actually said his name in, like, anything. <laughs> so I was like, oh, like, verbally. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think they Kazuya did. from Tekken. The, they showed... They, yeah, when... Uh, oh, did they? When they show his uh, his windscreen, I think they do say uh, Kazuya wins. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's I cool just, that... I, yeah. Well, at right. least in the trailer, they use well, anyway, the actual Tekken announcer. I don't know. Uh, it's in the game? That's it's cool. in the game. Yep. Instead of having the victory music, they do that. Yep. He's the only character to have it spoken it's like very that. very cool. Um, but yeah, so they showed him in the E3 Direct with the windscreen, uh, and they, I guess they're keeping up this motif of straight up murdering classic Nintendo characters because they had him just throwing people it's off a cliff. Volcano. So, you know, but yeah, they did that. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, they had the Sakurai Presents the other day and they, we got a 40 minute deep dive into everything about him and then they released him the next day. So this past Tuesday and you know, he's, we're going on just shy of a week with him now. So Angel, how are you feeling about him? As our Smash Bros. dude. Um, he's there. Um, yeah. I mean, like, and this is like strictly speaking from like a, like, just personal point of view as far as like overall character excitement. Like he, he doesn't do anything for me. So you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the the best thing I could say about him was that. I enjoyed his reveal trailer and like, I don't know, they were an interesting pick, but as far as, um, a character in the game, like, yeah, like I'm not, I don't know that I, I don't find them that I don't find them that much fun to use. Um, they feel very stiff and sluggish, but that's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel about a lot of these, um, fighting game characters. Cause they all have this kind of same, like stiff mechanical feel to them, but that's kind of the point though. And that's not to say that it's not that he's not a good character. He's definitely a very good character. It's just, uh, you know, you it just, it just doesn't click. But from the from a competitive point of view, though, yeah, he's a pretty scary. He's a pretty scary one, that Kazuya, because like up until this point, um, Bowser for the most part was the only one that really had armor of any real significance that played a lot during a fight, maybe K rule. But while Kazuya Kazuya definitely isn't as good as Bowser's, like I have run into a few instances where I would throw out a really strong move at a Kazuya and he would just tank it and just be like caught off guard and yeah and then just get like completely like destroyed. And 
it's kind of weird being on that other end because I know like I do that to a lot of people. But, <laughs> and not to mention like he also has like a command grab that kills really early, kind of just like Bowser. So mm-hmm. it's also interesting being on that other end where it's like, oh man, like any second now, he could throw out this move that comes out really fast. Because it does come out almost instantly, like not as fast as Bowser again, but almost just as fast. Because the only ones we'd have before that was Incineroar who, you know, he would like do the side B, fly across the screen and grab you and do the wrestling toss. Or Ridley who would fly across the screen and then drag you down. But those had a lot of startup. Like you would pretty much have to, you could dodge them almost every time if you're kind of like expecting them or if you're, you know, aware of them. But Bowser's and Kazuya's, like, yeah, if you even drop your guard for, like, half a second, like, you're going to get grabbed by it because it comes out almost instantly. So, yeah, just having a character right. that can do that is also kind of interesting. Plus, he also has, like, a crazy mega long laser for some reason. So... Yeah, I don't... It, it, I don't it's, his de- it's his demon form. Yeah. Le- double form. Double form. It's, like, he's definitely, like, a close-up fighter. He People have already discovered, like, true zero to death. Like, as in, if he touches you, you will die. Which is kind of nuts. So, like, on a competitive level, yeah. he's a nightmare. Because, yeah, if he touches you, you're dead. But luckily, right. I guess, like, or I guess unluckily for him, which is obviously intentional, he is incredibly vulnerable off stage, Like, more so than his characters, because his recovery is incredibly linear. Like, if you just toss him off the, if you just toss him off stage, at least with Bowser, like, I can just use a forward down tilt, you know, where he just, like, kind of punches at a downward angle. And that will catch him before he grabs the ledge every single time. And he just straight up dies. There's like nothing he can do. Because he can't... If he tries to side B, um, he'll go a little... He'll get some distance, but... Usually he'll... It's not enough for him to grab the ledge. And typically, like, people like Fox, you know, who can use his little Fox-like dash with side B to get horizontal distance and then follow it up with an up B to essentially make up the rest. Or like Pikachu, you know, do your Skull Bash or Luigi Rocket and then up B. Kazuya can't do that. He has like a side B that moves him across horizontally. But it's like a one and done deal. Once you do that, you can't up B for some reason. But his up B, while it does go up kind of high, it just goes straight up, which makes it really easy to counter. But yeah, his... Although it is interesting. His second jump is when also he does really up, he doesn't He doesn't do the falling animation after. He can like continue on yeah which is kind of been the trend for just about every dlc character yeah like, except yeah, for a hero is, but it's interesting that the core game doesn't do that yeah like they, yeah very few characters like don't go into tumble anymore it seems like everyone that got revealed for the most part after smash 4 like just doesn't have a tumble animation i mean yeah it just doesn't go into tumble which is interesting but his compared to others though like he does take a little while to get there though but yeah so i don't know Interesting character. Is he going to be like the best in Ultimate? Definitely not, because it's the game still just favors on a competitive level. You know, the super fast people that can essentially keep you from breathing. But will mm-hmm. he be in the upper echelon of characters, like with Ryu and Ken? Yeah, definitely. But from a casual perspective, yeah, I mean, he can be a lot of fun. actually. No, I take that back. From a casual perspective, he looks like he would be a lot of fun. But, and then isn't. <laughs> but he's just not that yeah. fun to use casually. Like, there's characters like, um, as much as we hate on Corrin for being Corrin. No, not Corrin. Well, not Corrin too. Um, Byleth. Because Corrin was literally in a, I think in a worse situation where Fates hadn't even actually come out yet. 
Well, and Corrin did break the mold in that it wasn't just a Fire Emblem Swordsman. Corrin had yeah, yeah. Corrin was at least mostly sort of different. Um, yeah. It was just there were just a Fire Emblem character that kind of hurt it. But what's it called? But yeah, at least Corrin and definitely Byleth's like as much as we hate on Byleth for being a terrible closer for DLC after whatever we got before that, they're kind of more fun. They're just more fun to use casually. I mean, you have this powerful arrow. You could just kind of throw stuff around and stuff happens. Same thing with Min Min. You just kind of throw stuff around. But with, with Kazuya, like his moves have a ton of layers. And if you saw that presentation, you know, he has like a Mm -hmm. move, a very specific, different type of move for every direction so double what most characters have he has up to eight yeah so yeah so instead of just like up down left right and neutral he has an additional four so you know he has up at an angle down at an angle back at an angle up and back at an angle down and he also has that equivalent in the air and then he also has like you can tap and pause a mid attack to do a different type of attack if you're crouching, he also has different types of moves he could do then. If if you go from a crouching stance to a standing and immediately press A during the transition, he does another move during that. Like he has he's definitely like a I guess a fighting game or I guess technical players like dream. Like I don't know, you could definitely yeah. workshop you could definitely yeah. workshop him to death. But if you're just like a casual player and you just pick him up, I guarantee you you're gonna feel like like how do I do anything? Like it just feels like he's not doing much. Like he just not even how I do everything. The issue is you can't appreciate, and I say this as a casual player, you can't appreciate the intricacies because they all feel all those different mini combos he can do. Basically, the extra combos, like it's cool in concept, but they all feel very similar as just different kicks and punches. You know, what I mean, like I like I'm sure someone listening is like a diehard Smash person screaming at this recording right now, but like honestly, like. The idea is more interesting than the execution unless you really are deep in the, like, fighting community of it. Because they all just kind of feel the same. And you don't see much different. Yeah, and I and I definitely, honestly, like, there is a lot of appreciation for that, like, on my end. Like, while I don't mm-hmm. enjoy his play style, like, I mean, I wasn't really necessarily expecting to. Like, I, I'm definitely not disappointed by his inclusion or the inclusion of any of these DLC characters. Because, I mean, I have Bowser, so... It's all just gravy. It's just more opponent to fight again. But yeah, I mean, the amount of work that goes into it. I mean, you could tell he's just a huge fighting game fan. And it's definitely awesome to oh, see yeah. him like commit this much to making him feel true to Tekken. And he definitely looks and he looks and behaves like a Tekken character. Like, it's just kind of crazy watching him run around, do his combos with the red sparks. And, oh man, like the forward and back throw when the camera changes... If it's a 1v1. Yes, it's cool. Yeah, like... It's cool. He brings a lot of that flair and style that, like, a Tekken character would bring, and it's, and it's awesome. But... that That's only 1v1, right? The uh, the throw? Because I was trying to figure out, because I've been playing, you know, not against other people I'm on the local sure... machine. If you have four people, it doesn't do it, no, right? Because how would that even work? It would, it would only trigger once there's two people left. Once it's 1v1. Gotcha. Yeah, you, you don't necessarily have to yeah. go into 1v1. It's no different, because he also does the whole thing where... He's always facing the opponent, but only if it's a 1v1. So if you start with a free-for-all with four people, he'll play just like a normal character. But the downside is that doing his back A while on the ground to do that forward attack that he does will be really hard Mm -hmm. because he'll turn around. But once two of the people die and there's only two people left, 
he'll automatically switch to the I'm always going to be facing you mode, which will make a lot of his moves easier to land. Which is the same thing with Terry, because if you press like back B, he does like a forward kick. But if there's like four people and you do back B, he's just going to do forward B, but in the other direction. Which sounds confusing, but that's because it is. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Um, Yeah, it's, just, it's he's interesting because like the concept of taking a leading man from a 3D fighting game and shoving him into a 2D one is, pre- even as a casual player, not knowing the full intricacies, you know, I could appreciate like, oh, he's he's close to range except that laser he shoots would be as far, as farther and his dash is farther. So I could do a little distance. Like I could appreciate that level, but that's not what makes it special. It's all the intricate st- stuff you're talking about, but just the way they took a 3D character and made him work in a 2D sp- space and then, you know, kind of worked around the limitations of like he doesn't jump by doing the devil form and stuff like that. Yeah, that I Sakurai was saying in the presentation, oh, basically, you know, heaven told me to do this, which was a in joke about Nintendo's name, but nonetheless, like him being like, I had to make it work. He made it work. It's just if you don't know the, if you don't understand the intricacies or aren't as into it, he just feels like another fighting game character and doesn't like stand out. But once you know, when you know, you know, type of thing, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's Kazuya. I mean, good, good addition, but. I mean, this DLC season has been pretty good. Um, yeah. I would say Min Min is probably the weakest part of it, but at the same time, I mean, I feel like everyone kind of wanted a arms rep, and even though I say weakest, I mean, they're still appreciative because, you know, we got, I would say, a neat stage, and we got the music as well, which is definitely, like, a huge bonus, so I'm honestly really stoked about that, but mm-hmm. they, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to learn their lesson from last time or just do the same thing, but... They have to. They're... No, they have but to. But I mean... I mean... They, but they can only end, I feel like... In, uh, my gut tells me, like, we're going to get Waluigi. Like, it feels like they have to kind of end, like, on a big crowd pleaser, I... and that feels like kind of like an easy one, but I also feel like uh, it'd yeah, be really... I'm not, I don't... But, also, but I also feel like if they want to go one step further, they should... And I don't kind of don't want them to, but... The only way, like, I feel like you could get any kind of, like, mind blow would be if they break that cardinal rule of a character having premiered in a video game and just kind of put something that kind of breaks that, but still not completely out of Oh, there. God. Are you advocating for Goku and Smash? No, I, I think Goku is too extreme. <laughs> but, I mean, if they put him in thinking? there, that would be definitely, like, as much as I don't really care for Dragon Ball Z, it would definitely, I mean, I think I would lose my mind. But, um... And that's not, and I can only imagine what someone that actually wanted Goku would probably lose their mind. I mean, they they probably straight up die. But <laughs> mortality rates shoot I mean, up across the have, world. The data I mean, the, the fact we already have like Kazuya versus Ryu versus freaking Terry versus Sephiroth. Like, damn, like it, it's it's crazy. Like, what Nintendo or what Smash Brothers? Like, I don't know, just what legacy it carries within it. So. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully that last character is something I something really special. I'm looking more forward to the freak out I than the just, actual character. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. I I like well I kinda want wouldn't even resonate with fans, but like I just want like the thing I I mean do I would even be kinda like disappointed if it was like the like as much as I would like a rhythm heaven rep, if that was the closer, I'd be kind of like, Oh, that's kind of a downer. But Yeah, I I, I think well I think part of the problem is I think there is this weird situation that's unfolded of there's like a character who makes sense and a character who gets a reaction. 
and the reaction is obviously the initial thing, but then does the character, the character cool later on? And like, I, I, this isn't, this is not related well, to that. I think people thought, would say the argument I, I that Goku would always be interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, like, I think I, it was I mean, Sora, like, I, and then you could have like a Mickey and Donald in the Final Smash or Goofy, and that would be like a what? Disney would got be, involved that, in some way. That would be what you're talking about with bringing someone. That in would feel like a nice so, like, in between, game, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but no, I like the characters that just don't make sense. Like, I think you know, like Minecraft Steve, Piranha Plant, like on some level, Banjo Kazooie, like the ones that you don't think about as oh, this is a fighting game, you should put this character in. That, like, Game & Watch. Like, even if you go, you know, look at the normal roster, Game & Watch, Kirby, Rob, like, all these things that don't make sense but then do. Like, I kind of want that. Oh, and I know it. fans won't. And I get that. The Traveler. But, oh, yeah. The main character from Genshin Impact. And at the same day, they announced that it's finally coming to Switch. Boom. Oh, I figured God. it out. Oh, my God. Can you imagine I how people will lose my crap if they do that? Not because I've, I'm finally looking forward to Genshin Impact on Switch, but... Oh my god, the salt would sustain me forever. <laughs> I called it here first. It's going to happen. But that that that's kind of thing is like it's it's weird cuz like Nintendo has to walk this line between someone that appeals to fans but also like there's there's a silly there's a sword tweet user I came too, across. So. And I'll admit it's not going to happen. There's a sword happen. user too, so. What? Mhm. Oh, another swordsman. <laughs> no, but there there's this silly tweet I came across that I'll admit is not going to happen. But someone jokingly was like, "What if Monita, the TV screen with arms from Nintendo Land, was the final fighter?" And in this show I was like, "What?" And then I thought about it. And like, okay, in terms of hype and in terms of like people being like, "Oh my god, what a closer." Maybe not, but in terms of like the poeticness of it, having a character who is comprised entirely of references to other Nintendo characters and franchises is almost kind of like the perfect bookend. Because Nintendo Land's all just other Nintendo games. So just give her different movesets from different Nintendo Land mini games, and you're kind of doing like an all-in-one like Nintendo send-up as the final character for the ultimate Smash Bros. Fans would hate it. I would love it. I actually think it's a really clever idea. Or something of that sort. Like, it's never going to happen. But, like, that would be... I would be very the, cool. The like kind a of left field reminiscent of Nintendo Land, though, because some of their costumes and especially like the gunner, like half the suit is like straight up inspired by like the Nintendo Land Metroid gunner suits. Because you know you can that's go true. That's true. But yeah, I would yeah, like Nintendo. Land. That's a good point. That'd be so cool. Yeah, like that, and that just seems like it's it's wack. It's like the Piranha Plant level of bizarre, but it could work, and like people will be mad, but then like it is thematically the ending the you know the last you know, page of the book just give us a character made up of all the nintendo consoles today dude if they did like a vector man but instead which i know is sega but instead of vector man it's like a walking like megatron yeah, and nintendo systems exactly. or not megatron uh yeah like a devastator yeah, that would be not a, de- a, de- a devastator oh, same thing yeah they're both combiners yeah, yeah no that that would be i'd be okay with that and like honestly you, you know honestly like these are no more wild of assumptions than people that thought Dante or Shantae or Lloyd were going to be, you know, from Tales of Sophia. All those people that were bummed when Sakurai revealed all three of them at once as the companion Mii costumes for the uh, Kazuya DLC. Like, there's no way these ideas are much mm. more absurd than those. What if they do Master <laughs> um, but, yeah, Oh, man, that was so... What if they do Master Hand? What? Oh, Interesting. Hmm. Actually, that's that could be interesting. They, Master Hand and Crazy Hand, maybe like you have, you control. Both. I would be. I would like to see how they make that character work. I guess the way. I mean, he already walks. Kind of, I mean, well, I obviously don't. Walks. It's already got a walking animation. No, yeah, but I mean, 
That would that would be another fitting kind of like book. And you know what they should do? The very first thing when you boot up Smash Bros. You play as the kid. on the N64 is the HAL Laboratory. With the, with the, uh, well, it's the HAL Laboratory toys. dog. Even before the toys, you see the HAL Lab logo. What if the dog? What if the HAL Lab dog and its little egg or its little puppies? I mean, not eggs. And its little puppies are. What if it's the HAL Lab logo as the Full final circle. character? What if it's the Nintendo logo? And you shoot the eye, the dot yeah, and the its eye, like the skins are like the different, uh, the different uh, eras of Nintendo, like that that punk rock eras of, yeah, like the like yeah. the old logos from the fifties, like the Funda card logos. Yeah, mm. now we're getting rid of it. and now again, we'll I don't want to think sorry, this is much more. But how would you feel if it was I the right. himself? You just play superpower, or maybe the Reggie dreams come true as an homage to his legacy. <laughs> but I, I honestly, though, I don't think these are much more okay. The, the logos got a little more crazy, but like it's going to be that nondescript hero Lloyd. character, dude. No, oh, it's got you know it's got to be it's got to be the um, what are those like wireframe guys you always fight in all the old ones? I forgot what they're called. Like the bot, the a, the bots basically. Well, one of them in Melee, they were literally called wireframes. So yeah, it's gonna be that. Or did you mean the fighting polygon team? E- either, either or. They're the same. They're basically the same thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's something like that. But no, it, it to your point about wanting all the salt, Kevin. I don't usually feel it the same way. But man, when he showed that triple header of those three, all of which people wanted as fighters, all of which are just me fighters, like I definitely felt that fan outcry in real time. Like just it was like oof, that was that was a triple blow to a lot of folks who really dreamed that you know at least one of them would join the roster. Um, and honestly, Dante, I'm gonna say it, Dante and Lloyd, if they were fighters, would be very boring. Dante would basically be a mix of Bayonetta or Joker and, like, a sword person. Lloyd would just be a sword person. Shantae might have been interesting, you know, because you could do her wow. hair as a weapon Lloyd and would just be a sword person? Damn, it's like, I guess you do. Come on, you know I'm right. No, you're you know not. Right. Think about what they do. Think about he would what they be, do. He would be somewhere he'd be like more Cord. like... Like, he'd be like Robin. Oh, Robin, Robin, that's what I meant, yeah. Okay, fine. All right, well, point is, they're like someone that already exists. Yeah. Uh, but to be to yeah. be fair, I'm just nit- like, characters yeah. that are that are pretty much other yeah. characters. I don't know Minecraft. Uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. You have your one every now and then. That's completely yeah. Different I, I, I was just, I was just yeah. nitpicking that and you said no, but that's what I'm no, saying. Yeah. You got to end on the high no, note. No, yeah, you got to end on the high note. I was just nitpicking that you said just a sword man, just a sword. But that was they knew they had a second pass coming, so it's a little different. This is the end. I hope. I hope. But yeah, like I, I think Shantae would have been kind of cool, but we'll see. Um, has anyone ever actually bought a Me Fighter costume? By the way, speaking of these Me Fighter costumes, I don't think I've ever actually bought one. Yeah, I know they're only I bought the sets, Mega never... Man one and the Cuphead one. I'll probably get the Lloyd one and the Shantae one. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it doesn't change the play style, right? Like, they're still the Me Gunner fighter. Yeah, it's still them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just don't like the Mies that much to pull the trigger, even if they are cool costumes. And I realize less than a buck. No, yeah, they're they're pretty fun. I, I yeah. like using them from time to time. All right, so we predicted who it won't be as the final fighter. I mean, it's not going to be a logo that shoots its dot of its eye. That's for sure. But do you guys have any theory of when it will be? Because Sakurai did say it'll be a little bit. But it's gonna be. I mean, didn't, didn't we already say this? It's what do you think going to be the last? Yeah, Game Awards. Yeah. You think it's gonna be Game Awards? That's where it makes the most, not where it makes the most sense, but it's like, I can imagine it happening there over anywhere else. 
it kind of does make the most sense because it could be one final push for holiday sales of Smash Bros. And it kind of, you know, the legacy of it sure. is intertwined with the Game Awards. At that, this that's point, so. what always made sense yeah. to me in my mind, this last character. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Angel, can you hold out that long for one more fighter? Yeah, plenty of other stuff to do, so not biggie. All right, cool. Well, there we go. Settled. Uh, Game Awards it is. Um, unless you guys have anything else, that might actually be the episode. Oh, wow. Um, no. Wow. Um, yeah, let's uh, close this out. Um, go ahead, host. Um, you have permission to Oh, thank you. Just, oh, oh, thank you. Thank you, uh, former host for... Oh, wait. This is awkward. Oh, man. <laughs> so many so many people awkward. talking. This is awkward. Awkward. Um, but anyway, yeah, there wasn't a huge news cycle these last couple of weeks. So, yeah, we just had the games, basically, and some news intermix. But we'll be back on July uh, 18th with a new random Nintendo in two weeks with the latest news, whatever it may be, and some game impressions. Uh, there's a couple I'm planning to check out. Fuser has a uh, free trial right now through the long weekend. Um, if you're a Switch Online member, some I have impressions of that, uh, among other stuff. But we'll see. Um, but before that, for any of that, on July 11th, it'll be the return, I think, right, Kevin, yeah, of trust. random non-Tendo. Can trust that we are still on this planet? With, uh... I should record it. Yeah, hopefully. Do we have any um, idea what we're talking we about? Ever? Fair. Okay, so you're going to have to follow us on Twitter and Nintendo or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast oh, app. Oh, we got to talk Transformers. Google, Apple, Stitcher. Oh. What? Oh, oh right. Well, I guess you got to hear our impressions of Transformers, and to make sure you don't miss it, you can follow us on Twitter and Nintendo or subscribe to us on every podcast app, including uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, we are RamNintendo.com. You get the idea. Basically, wherever you're listening to us, just like come back or there. Or you know what? If you That's want a double to do. dip, triple dip, um, quadruple dip, go for it. Yeah, if you want to juke yeah. our numbers, we would, we would love you. If you want to rate and review us, we would actually really love you because that does actually help more than just doubling our numbers um leave us some stars leave us some thoughts you know it gets us out to more people it gets us more opportunities to bring you more things more contests i'm not trying to bribe you i'm just saying i'm bribing you uh but yeah Goodness, that's pretty much it false individual said, leave us some thoughts, and i was like did he really just say that and not like you know t- yeah you that know. does sound that if does sound weird to, yeah. like mm, phrasing I'm not opposed <laughs> leave us yeah yeah you can uh comment with your thoughts. How about that? that? Comment with your feedback. Let us know what you think of Mario Golf and what you think of Smash Bros and what you think of thoughts. Uh, but yeah, you can follow us on Twitter on JSR7. Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Kevin is KVN Gomi. And Kevin is also the one that will now be bringing you the final word. Put Kojima and smash, you cowards. Cowards.